Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them, from the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. Over the years, clients have asked, where can I purchase a replacement case for my daguerreotype or other cased image? Well, I finally have an answer for that. My guest takes molds of historic cases and creates reproductions. Not only can you purchase a variety of designs for old photos, some of his clients use them for modern day pictures as well, creating a place where the past meets the present. Museums seeking to display copies of valuable images contact Steve Hain, too. You may have seen his work and not known it. His photo cases have been sold to and appeared in a number of television and film projects, including HBO's True Blood, Netflix's OBX, and the feature film Harriet, as well as Showtime's The Good Lord Bird. Now I wonder if one of my February guests knows Steve. Rob Gibson was in a bonus episode in February called Tintypes in the Movies and Television. It appears that Rob took the tintypes for Harriet, and Steve supplied the cases. A very cool coincidence. Steve Hain has been a professional photographer since 2005, when he started his aerial photography business, Metro Air Photo LLC in Maryland. He has been interested in history all his life, and has been a Civil War reenactor since 1997, participating in hundreds of events from small living histories to the largest reenactments in the country. He has been doing wet plate photography since taking John Coffer's class in 2015, and later that year he took Michael Rhodes' Phoenix case-making class. Two years later, in 2017, he purchased Michael's company Modern Day Antique, and he has been continuing the work of creating reproduction mid-19th century photo cases and modern interpretations. Since then, he has expanded his offerings to range from images taken with natural light to artificial light with strobes in his photo studio he built with the help of his father-in-law in the fall of 2017.
My guest today is Steve Hain. And Steve, I ran into you at the Daguerrean Society Conference that was just held a few weeks ago, and you were in the marketplace. I want to thank you for being a guest on The Photo Detective. Yeah, thanks for having me. The thing that popped you right to my attention is that you create or recreate, reproduce cases for old cased images or new cased images. Is that in modern antiques? That's the name of your business, correct? Yes, it's modern day antique. Modern day antique. So you recreate or reproduce historical cases. Yes. So basically what we do is taking the original case, we make a mold of the detail of that case and then use those molds to make castings to make original reproduction cases. And what are the new cases made out of? How are you making those castings? They're made out of a urethane resin. So basically it's a two-part resin. If you've ever used like epoxy glue that you have one part, you mix it with a hardener and then it hardens uh, up. So basically this is liquid, it's at room temperature and just a chemical reaction makes the, the material solidify. How many designs are you currently offering? Off the top of my head, I don't have an exact number. I've got, there are like dozens of molds that I currently have. Not everything is on my website. I bought the business in 2017, in the fall of 2017 from Michael Rhodes in Medina, Ohio. And he had started it uh, a number of years before. And with that business, he, he basically had experience with making molded items previously. And he found out, particularly with like daguerreotype collectors, that they didn't have many options for cases. And he thought, well, I could just uh, like make a mold of this. And so he had a friend of his that had an impressive collection of dozens of cases, and he was able to take molds of many of those cases. So this is a collection that, is, that it's a museum quality collection that he was able to, to make molds of. And over the years, he was able to, to, to grow this business, but then he also got into doing more wet plate photography and he was interested in focusing on the photography aspect of his business rather than making the cases. And he, he, got, he, he was looking to just sell pieces of the cases, basically just the molds themselves individually. And I uh, contacted him and said, would you just sell the entire business? And so we negotiated and came up with a price and, and I bought, bought the business from him. Yeah. So when you're talking about making the castings of these cases, and it sounds like you have a wide variety of them having bought this business from him, but are you talking about casting from the union cases, those sort of hard plasticky things that people think of as being civil war era, or are you making castings from other types of cases as well? Yeah, both. Both the thermal thermoplastic cases, known as union cases, sometimes are referred to as get gutta percha. They were at the time as well. However, they they weren't actually made from gutta percha, which is a specific 
you know, plant-based material that they were thermoplastic cases. Uh, but I also, so from the thermoplastic cases, in addition to the wood and sometimes paper or very thin, like embossed leather. So I do that as well. Yeah. But the cases that you sell are all epoxy. Well, the, the cases that I sell are all made, yes, from the, the molds that are all made from urethane resin. Yes. Okay. So when someone buys a case from you and you can go on your website, Modern Day Antiques, and look at a wide variety of cases in a variety of sizes, yeah, you're selling, and I bought one of the little Christmas tree ornaments that you sell yeah. as well, because why yeah. not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're cute. Yeah. Yeah. I am looking at potentially offering cases made out of, like new cases that I would make out of wood and leather. I just... That there's obviously more labor that's involved in that process. So I'm working on just figuring out what the pricing would be on that. I took a class with John Coffer, who taught me about wet plate photography in 2015. And so he also, he offers a case making class in making them essentially modern cases with the same techniques that they did then. I mean, there's some benefit in the materials and tools that we have today, as opposed to then when it was mostly like more hand tools and things, you didn't have, you know, electric tools that you that, have the benefit of today. That would be amazing. I mean, the difference, of course, in the mid 19th century was that labor was a lot less expensive than today. So you had like in the past, materials were expensive and labor was cheap. And today, material is relatively cheap, depending on uh, what it is. But most materials are inexpensive, and labor is expensive. Mm-hmm. So if I have a daguerreotype or an amber type or a tin type that I want to put in one of these cases, and I actually have one sitting on my desk right now, I can mm-hmm. go to your website, and I can decide which design I like and which size I need. Exactly. And then order it. But yes. do clients come to you for, I guess you want to call them bespoke cases, things that they want a particular case remade? I haven't had anybody uh, ask about specific things that like to have a particular design made. I've had people that want some like variations done on existing case designs that I have available. One project that I did was for the Peabody Museum, Harvard uh, Museum of Ethnology and Archaeology and Ethnology or Anthropology and Ethnology, something like that. <laughs> what did they uh, want? <laughs> they wanted a series of cases and I think it was like a dozen quarter plate cases and they wanted to match them to these daguerreotypes that they had that that were very unique. And Mike Robinson actually did the reproduction daguerreotype images to go in the cases. And it was funny uh, that I had been doing this project from the, the Peabody Museum and I was working on it and it was taking a while because they wanted a lot of custom things done for it. The design was something that I already had, but they also wanted an engraving of some kind, like on the bottom. So I had to figure out how to do that. And ultimately, at first, I was going to make it part of the mold and just do a custom mold for it. And 
then I got a, a laser engraver and realized, oh, I could just engrave each one of them and that was going to to work out better. And that's what ultimately I did to, to get that job done. And when you mentioned Mike Robinson, of course, yeah. my listeners might not know who Mike Robinson is, but Mike Robinson is a modern day photographer who specializes in modern day daguerreotypes. Yeah. 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 I mean, Mike Robinson is uh, one of the best modern daguerreotypists there is like in the country. At first I was like, why are they getting somebody in in Toronto to to do this job? Like, can they find somebody local? But then you realized it was Mike Robinson and you were like, ah, well, I didn't know who Mike Robinson was at the time. And then like, because Mike like actually called me up and was like, Hey, yeah. That like asking about the cases. I'm like, who's this guy? He's not the client. <laughs> and then later I actually met him at the first Daguerrean society meeting that I went to in 2019 and he introduced himself. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. I know who this guy is. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, well, yeah. I was really excited to see you in the trade show for the Daguerrean society conference um, in 2020, because the last time I had heard of anyone making reproduction cases, it was somebody who lived in New Zealand. Yes. And, but you're here in the United States, people from all over the world listen to this podcast, but you would ship anywhere. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And I have sold to a number of different countries and yeah, I'm familiar with, because I think it's like Alan that is in New Zealand and he's an expat there. So he was in the United States, I believe. What people might not know is that the designs come in various categories. So there are geometric designs and there are botanical yeah. designs. And you, mm-hmm. you have a lot of those designs in your store that they can yes. pick from. But yeah. is there one that's more popular than any other? There isn't any one particular that stands out. There are some that I seem to get like a string of like over like a few weeks or months. And a lot of times I try to like, as cases get shipped out to take an image of them and put them on Instagram. So uh, my Instagram is actually my name. It's just Steve Hain, S-T-E-V-E-H-A-N-E on Instagram. And that's where I post a lot of the images of the cases as I ship them out. And so that can generate like more interest in them. But like most things that with social media, it's kind of like a stream. So you either pick up somebody's interest uh, like that day that you post something or they may find something later on and then go back and see all your past posts. It just, it varies. Like with the six plate cases that those are often popular with collectors because there are more six plate images than anything else of period images. Today, for modern daguerreotypists, modern tintype artists and things like that, they're more, I think the like four by five half plate size is most popular. And actually the uh, half plate with any of the mats that I have will cover a four by five image. So basically the half plate gives you a lot of different options. Plus I have um, a four by five case option as well. Right. So like I have a daguerreotype on my desk right now. Mm-hmm. And it has a mat, but suppose I had a daguerreotype that didn't have a mat or a glass that would make it very mm-hmm. dangerous to carry around and right. store yeah. in your family collections because it would just you know wipe away. Absolutely. So when someone buys a case from you, like in this case, I just need a case mm-hmm. to help 
protect it. But mm-hmm. suppose you have a customer who, do, who has an amber type that's just the glass plate. They don't have the mat. You sell the mats. Yes. Yeah, I do sell mats. Right now, I am uh, just making the mats. It's out of the same resin, but I it's a color match resin. So essentially, it comes out clear, and then I match the color. So it's okay to use with the daguerreotypes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's... It, it's like an inert, like plastic. That's it's like it's a pliable plastic, but it picks up all the details of the original, and it is covered with basically it's like a metal powder that then binds to the to the resin, so it becomes a permanent part of it. Sometimes there are imperfections, and I wind up using some paint, like a, a layer of acrylic paint over the top. But I have this these great metal like paints that the iridescent paints that do a great job of being able to kind of replicate that look of the metal so let's break a case down into its components Mm -hmm. so you've got the case yeah you have the velvet on the side you have the mat the glass the image itself and the preserving strip yes a little piece of brass on the outside so if someone came to you they can buy the case yeah they can buy the mat is the does the case have the velvet or the fabric? Yes, the all the cases come with cover pads. I do yep. offer a a number of options for doing velvet embossing. Ooh, ooh, yeah. that's a nice. That's really nice. Yeah, velvet embossing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a nice it's add-on. A, it's a big area of of the case that you just. You could have it plain, so if people choose to do that, but 90% of the cases that I've seen that if it's velvet, they also had silk, uh, mm-hmm. they use silk pads as well, and those aren't embossed, but generally, probably more than 90% are embossed in some way or the other. Yeah, the early 1840s cases have the silk. Yes, um, yeah. I have a couple of those. Uh, yeah. But the velvet is quite lovely, especially with the embossing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sometimes in the old cases, you know, the originals, the mm-hmm. embossing is the name of the photographer occasionally, which is kind of nice. Yes, yes, yes. They they definitely did that as as marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but what yeah. about the little brass preserving strip that holds the whole thing together, or the glass? Yeah, that is one thing I do have some molds of the of the preservers i want to be able to reproduce like in a thin like a brass foil like they had at the time so i've experimented with that it's a little tricky and it's just labor intensive because each one like i have to cut out by basically like by hand and to get it to look right is that that's been challenging and like, frankly, I've just been busy enough with orders as they are that I haven't had the time, but anything that I offer, I want to be able to offer reliably so that it's, it's a good quality. And then the glass, people are on their own for the glass. You can order it, order the cases by themselves with basically just the pinch pad to be able to take like an image package, like as you were showing there, like basically a loose image that has a preserver around it and a, the image plate, the mat, and the, the glass. So that's kind of like the sandwich. And then the preserver 
holds that all together. So if you don't have that, you can take some archival tape and be able to kind of wrap it together. I have to ask you, what did you do before this? I've been a, a photographer, professional photographer, full-time since 2005. I did aerial, and I still do aerial photography. So that was the, that's been my main, like, income since 2005. I've done a variety of other things as well, like, at the same time. Um, also a real estate agent and basically between real estate and photography was like right. my main work. And before that, I have a background in the social sciences that I got my master's degree in forensic psychology. And so I worked doing re-entry stuff and, and corrections. But so, here you are, you yeah. have a business yeah. yes. that you're passionate about that yeah. I think some people would say, what? Is that really a full-time job? And you're, what you're saying yeah. is, yes, it is. Yes, yeah. I mean, and the one thing I found particularly compelling about this work is that there aren't a lot of other people doing it. And that basically this is a business where that no one else is, I mean, there are some people who make cases, but usually it's a, a one-off kind of thing. When you're talking about not very many people that do this, you're not right. talking about very, not very many people in the United States that do this. We're talking about, you can count on one hand, the number of people in the world that do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that there are, yeah, there's not many people in the world. And honestly, I would like to, to see more like international business. I mean, I've shipped to the UK, to Australia, to France, Spain, Canada quite a bit. It's almost as expensive to ship to Canada as it is anywhere else. Mexico. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's been all over. It's very, it's interesting stuff. Uh, well, I have a couple of case, couple of images without cases and I'm going to have to measure them, make sure I have the right size and order the right size case. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the largest case that you've made? The whole plate cases, six and a half inches by eight and a half inches. So the whole plate cases were very rare there are for union cases there are just three designs that i've actually seen from like the littlefield and parsons company that there's the uh, geometric oval case that they have and there are two very famous cases that of scenes and the one is washington's crossing and the other is columbus's landing so oh, I've seen those in catalogs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are very popular. And the smallest case you've ever made, have you ever made those little Oreos? Those little round uh, ones? I thought about that and I did, I picked one up to, to like make a mold of and I have, I just haven't gotten into it because I think it would be a little tricky to, to get a reliable mold in order to get the threads to like be complete and actually like interlock. And they uh, may not have been as popular as the quarter cases have. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had anybody ask about them. So the smallest that I've done is the 16th plate cases. So I, I had somebody inquire about that and, and I thought that was really neat. Uh, and one of the things my wet plate mentor, John Coffer, that when he was describing basically the whole, like, the time period and everything that he emphasized cases a lot because 
modern photographers for the most part, they take the image and that they varnish it and they put it in, in an envelope and just hand it to you and you, have, you figure it out. I mean, you can go to the store and stick in a frame or something like that. But most of the, the, the common sizes, I mean, yeah, you're not going to find like a really good frame and, and really, I mean, any kind of piece of art, you should have it matted. So whether people actually get them matted or not, or if they're just like, oh, I spent like 80 bucks on this image. I don't, don't have any more money. <laughs> but they should because it's part of the presentation. Exactly. It's part of the and, presentation. And that's what our ancestors bought, right? They went to the studio. They posed for one of these photographs. They Absolutely. bought the case came with it. It was part of the whole experience and yeah, part exactly. of the showing how much importance that image had to that person yeah. buying it. And that's what what John stressed is like that the, the cases were were an important part. And that's one of the reasons why when he was doing portraiture that he was interested in being able to offer that as, as a piece. And so he developed his own case ma- making methodology and everything. And he actually does not sell cases by themselves, but he will sell case images to people who get their image taken by him. But John hasn't really traveled like to do wet plate photography in a number of years now. It's been probably more than a decade, but he has hosted people to, to come out to his place in uh, he has a farm in uh, the Finger Lakes. Uh, is, there, is there anything you want people to know about cases that that they might not know about or appreciate? Because you're up close and personal yes. making these. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the main thing is just the experience because we take photography for granted today. We carry around with us a camera, like most people have smartphones with them and they can take pictures whenever they can have images with them uh, whenever. I mean, when I was a kid that people had wallet size pictures. So, I mean, there is that like personal connection with photography and it's changed over the years. So, I mean, this era of the, of the photo cases, which is basically from the 1840s to the late 1860s, mostly like the mid 1860s, like by the time you got into 1866, 68, I mean, you've had cases around as photography displays basically for 25 years, 27 years. Yeah. Something like that. That's the heyday is like this one generation. But I mean, these have persisted through the years after that they became less expensive, like frames. And I think the photographers push for, for bigger stuff as they were able to do that and make big prints and sell big frames and, and that kind of thing. The shifting technology. Exactly. Yeah. So the shifting technology, I think that the cases of like the 1850s, 1860s are analogous to our phones today because this gave somebody a pocket size accurate, original, accessible to many people kind of like technology. Because I mean, an image like in today's dollars, think about it like that it was like $100, $150. It's a decent amount of money, but it's not something that it, it's something that's accessible uh, to people. It's not going to break the bank, essentially, that when it's a loved one or something like during the Civil War, because that's commonly um, what we think about that's when people became more mobile, that oftentimes people didn't stray that far from home. 
But when you did travel, you traveled for weeks, months, potentially years at a time. And you brought the loved one with you. Exactly. Well, I like to think that people went to the studio with intent and purpose. It was a rare thing for someone just go to a photo studio on a lark. They were expensive. I did find one image with a caption on it in contemporary handwriting. And it said the grandmother had taken her granddaughter to the photo studio for their amusement. But this was a very wealthy family for whom going to the daguerreotype studio and plunking down a good chunk of money for a a case and, a, and an image was nothing. But for most people, this was something to treasure. Right. And you have recreated a case that people can treasure. Now, somebody could put a contemporary image in one of your cases. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, certainly people have. Uh, oftentimes, if people are putting contemporary images in uh, their contemporary tintypes, amber types, that type of thing. So I have certainly sold to photographers and to clients of photographers that have gotten, that have found my information through referral or otherwise, and that they've like housed their image there. You've um, given the photographic community, and that would be photographers or people who love old pictures you've given us back a piece of what was considered a a lost art and I want to compliment you on that because I think anyone who who has come up to me at a conference or emailed me and said I have this image where can I get a replacement case now I have someone I can send them to it's modern day antique modern day antique.com and order themselves a case Mm -hmm. Yes. That's awesome. Steve Hain, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. All right. Thank you, Maureen. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.